0: You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcasts. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas.
1: Thank you, Amelia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In this episode, I am pleased to have a personal friend of mine and a fellow alum of the Trio Upward Bound program. At Eastern New Mexico University, Soledad Haragi. Soledad is on the podcast to talk about her experiences with the Trio Upward Bound program, her educational journey, and to share what her career looks like now since graduating from college. It was such a pleasure to have Soledad on the podcast. We talked about her memories of being in the Upward Bound program and all, all of the things that she has faced from uh, since graduating and uh being um a single mom so it's it's been an astounding story to hear and uh i think the audience will be mesmerized by the amount of the adversity that she's faced and the the will to still push forward and be persistent so we are very proud and very happy to present this podcast episode um with soledad haragi so soledad again thank you for being on the podcast and uh, your story again phenomenal so coming up in just a bit soledad haragi Remember, if you would like to be featured on the Let's Talk Trio podcast, send us a message via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email us at Let's Talk Trio, L E T S T A L K T R I O, at gmail.com. I'd also like to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Student Access and Angelica Villalpando. Thank you all so much for continuing to support the podcast. You too can be a sponsor head on over to kickstarter give us a one-time donation and help us contribute to that donation pile that we have we would like to raise raise about forty thousand dollars we are shooting very high for, um, because uh, a fully funded podcast is what we is our end goal for this uh, to have travel funds upgrade equipment and purchase uh, the license of software that way we continue giving you quality episodes if you would like to be a monthly sponsor, you can head over to Patreon, look for Let's Talk Trio, and sponsor us in that way. So there is a very uh, membership levels. You can go from $1 to $50 a month. Uh, for those of you who own a company or would like would like to sponsor a podcast through the corporate sponsorship, uh, we do it at $100 per month. So that means we would run your ad. So the the time limit is about a minute and 30 seconds. We can weave your ad into our podcast, or you can have one of our staff members record the lines for you. Without further delay, we are presenting to you the podcast episode for Soledad Haragi. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Five, four, three, two... One. Hi, Trio Nation! My next guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast earned her bachelor's degree at Eastern New Mexico University in elementary education, K through eight. Earned her master's at Concordia University in curriculum and instruction in the inclusive classroom uh, via special education, and then a, P- a pre-K through twelfth grade teaching specialty license. Is currently a level three teacher for Clovis Municipal Schools in New Mexico and has bilingual endorsements in TESOL and Spanish, modern and cultural languages. And I should know she helped me recently on a Spanish task and she's an expert. So uh, please welcome a personal (laughs) friend of mine and fellow TRIO Upward Bound alum of Eastern New Mexico University, Soledad Jaraghi. Soledad, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi everyone, thank you. Thank you, Juan.
1: Absolutely, it is an honor to have you on here. We are happy that you're sharing your TRIO story.
2: You're welcome.
1: Uh, how are things in Clovis, New Mexico, uh, with all this going on? How are things looking over there?
2: Um, I try not to look at the news that often, but um, you know, for the most part, it's been okay. It's been good.
1: Yeah. And uh, how about you? How about you and your family? Amid this entire pandemic, how are you and your family holding up?
2: Um, we're doing well, you know, just being home and having our regular duties and. You know, but my family's been good. Most of them live around this area, so.
1: Oh, that's good. So you have family close by and they're, you're able to communicate with them and visit with them as as, as much as or as little as you'd like?
2: Yeah, and they probably don't want to visit with no one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you picked up any skills uh, during this quarantine?
2: Um, Not much. Probably just um been home with my daughters more and just mm-hmm. kind of like, have more conversations you know and about just certain areas they're growing up so I try to inform them about the world and how what things are going on so for the most part we just talking with them more yeah
1: that's really important especially in this pandemic that we have a little bit more family time I know I'm with my kids almost 24 7 at home and sometimes they drive me crazy Do does that happen to you or do you feel like no I got to look at the positives
2: no um they don't drive me crazy they're pretty kind of laid back and do their own thing and so sometimes we're together sometimes we're just in our own rooms doing what we need to so i'm good and it's just me and them
1: (laughs) yeah i think uh with my oldest one my son he likes to hang out with his friends a lot so i don't see him like i'll see him a little bit in the morning when he comes out for breakfast and then that's about it he'll go and uh visit with his friends and then he's gone for the entire afternoon and I don't see him until the evening. I'm like, "Oh, you're still here. You're alive. Okay, that's good.
2: <laughs> Welcome back, right?" <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so, being a teacher, does this pandemic give you any pause or concern? Are you eager to return to your classroom? And obviously, you're in your classroom now. But um, what, what do you think about this whole pandemic thing and affecting teaching?
2: Um, I thought about it, and I was—I had my concerns, you know, just because you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know, you know, if just the whole COVID, you know, how they have us, you know, doing temperature checks, just having more, you know, precautions, which is needed. Yeah. But I just don't want nothing, you know, to happen in the classroom. And, and that's my, what I get worried about because, you know, I am responsible for the little ones that I'm gonna be having and getting. Yeah. And so,
1: Talk to us a little bit about your, uh, that classroom and the, and the students that you, that you teach. Can you t- talk to us a little bit about that experience?
2: So, I'm a pre-K teacher here at La Casita, and it's a bilingual classroom. That's fine. And, um, well, sorry, I lost my train of thought.
1: (laughs) No, no, you're good. We can edit this in post.
2: (laughs) Um, So, I see four-year-olds, and they come from Los Niños. Some of them start as a 3Y. Mm. And so, I... Currently see, I'm the SPED teacher as well. So I'm not just the general Mm -hmm. teacher. I also do um, IEPs with them. And then I look over just, I just have all the kids included, which is SPED and regular um, education. That sounds like a,
1: yeah, that sounds like a really hard job. Like, how do you keep yourself centered? I mean, it's it's one of those most challenging uh, aspects of teaching is uh, special education.
2: I feel like just including all of them, they kind of learn from each other as well, and it helps them build, either if it's a speech problem, you know, OT, they kind of learn from each other as well. And I feel they need that experience in, um, to be successful in pre-K right and on. be ready to go to kinder. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I can tell you that uh, teachers are definitely underpaid and you d- deserve like all the bonuses in the world for all that you do. So uh, as, as a society, we thank you for all your hard work and everything that you do.
2: No, thank you. It's You know, this is what I love and I really enjoy it.
1: So uh, talking about what you love. So we're going to really d- dive into uh, you and growing up. Tell us about uh, your childhood. What was that like? And did you come from a large family?
2: Well, it was five of us, and I'm the middle child, and so um, I was the first one to actually get a degree, a bachelor's degree, and-
1: Congratulations.
2: Thank you. And after that, you know, my mom continued even at a later um, time. She finished, and then now my younger sister, and so all of us kind of pursued college and try to go through and finish, so-
1: so I do remember taking classes with your mom at Eastern. I think I, I was going in the education path and I would take a couple classes here and there with her. So it was really awesome to have her on there and uh, to just experience that. So um, you're, you're in a family of five. Can you tell us um, what was your experience like growing up? I mean, were you always academically inclined? Did you love school? What, what was, um, what, give us a little bit about that.
2: Um, I think I was pretty smart (laughs) during my elementary years, (laughs) for the most part, Um, but I was always the shy and quiet one as well, so I don't even know how I'm doing this, because I I probably wouldn't (laughs) have done it when I was, yeah, back then.
1: You know, a lot of people would, yeah, a lot of people would say uh, introverts, they're surprised about the careers they choose, uh, especially if they talk with a lot of people. But uh, yeah, continue. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
2: So I guess until I became a teacher, kind of like made me get out of my shell more and, you know, be more outgoing and be more talkative and just kind of not be as shy like I used to be. But yeah, that so,
1: so you being young you were shy introverted but you were academically inclined as you were progressing through elementary and middle school did you have like this inkling of that you wanted to go to college was college something that um your parents uh, either instilled in you or um maybe a family m- family member influenced
2: um I guess I didn't know really much about college until I got into upper bound which is you know more of like a- I started learning more about the importance of going to college, you know, the reasons and the why and just to kind of like look more ahead of after high school.
1: Yeah. Because
2: my family with none of them, you know, going to school and finishing, we didn't really have that in mind as much. But it's something that I wanted. And I felt like, you know, when you're young, oh, I want to do this when I grow up and kind of like wanting to continue that.
1: Yeah. So yeah. what was what was school like for you? Did you always enjoy it?
2: I did. I think I did for the most part, pretty much all year long. You know, it was hard sometimes when it got to geometry in high school that was, yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, math.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But um, I try to be, you know, a good student and kind of just be in my own world and follow what I was supposed to.
1: What was your favorite subject?
2: um what was it probably spanish
1: (laughs) (laughs) definitely an expert soledad you're definitely an expert no
2: that's where my home is it was spanish at first and that's where i was comfortable in too so
1: right on so then from there you were transitioning from middle middle school to now high school was that easy for you or were there any challenges
2: i guess just the, the change makes it hard sometimes because you don't know what to expect and it's normal and, you know, everybody goes through that. But um, for the most part, I think I did. I did okay in transitioning, just kind of stayed in my own little world, which is, you know, I did band. I was in color guard and that, those were my activities to go for. So,
1: so it sounds like you, you stayed really involved. So how did you discover the Trio Upward Bound program at ENMU?
2: My brother, my oldest brother, he was in Upward Bound first. And then from there, I kind of followed along. So it was through him, yeah.
1: Through Alexis, if I recall.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I remember being in Upward Bound with him. And uh, he was definitely a great guy. And I loved hanging out with him. Um, But what was it about, what did he share with you that made Upward Bound interesting to you?
2: Okay, first of all, he was very excited to go on Saturdays to the (laughs) meetings. Really? Well, he got fed. He got, you know, to hang out with friends. (laughs) That was a plus. (laughs) And I guess, you know, just having the mini trips, going here and there and learning about colleges, you know, so I kind of followed along. I was a follower. I was never, like, the leader. (laughs)
1: Uh, Oh, you're you're more of a leader than you think, Soledad, but...
2: Maybe. Maybe (laughs) I don't consider myself (laughs) Now I do. I have to be, you know, being a leader in the role that I'm in.
1: So you had siblings that went through the program, Alexis Mm -hmm. being the the first one, and then you've had several siblings also go through it. Uh, Can you tell us about your siblings and kind of their experiences and what they talked to you about Upward Bound?
2: Um, well, they really liked getting to know, um, you know, making friends first and then just, I guess the mentors that we had and just, um, you know, kind of guiding us and motivating us. And I think that was part of it that helped a lot, just the motivation, because, you know, when somebody's excited about something, you get excited as well, Mm -hmm. you know, learning new things or trying to figure out, you know, what you want to be when you grow up after high school.
1: Absolutely. I bet everyone had a different experience uh, going through the Upper Bound program. But what did you get out of it? What did you like most about the TRIO Upper Bound program?
2: Um, I like the summers, just um, having that experience, you know, taking the college classes and, you know, even being in high school and just having to see how it is living on campus and, you know, having that experience of, I guess, a little bit of freedom as well, being away from home and just having to be more independent. Wow.
1: Yeah. I think that's what a lot of students look forward to when they hear either if it's a residential program or a non-residential program, just the basic life skills that you get from the TRIO program or the TRIO program really right. speaks to, to a lot of students.
2: I agree. Um, you know, in my case, I think um, sometimes when you're from a family that always, you know, you're like in this bubble, you can't leave the house, you know, really strict. Mm. You kind of feel... That freedom, okay, now I'm by myself, I get to make my own choices, and you know, you don't have somebody there just telling you what to do or right. where to go. So. <laughs> I know
1: for me, that was the, the, definitely the draw, was uh, being on the residential campus and uh, having that independence, mm-hmm. and uh, that really drew me to Upper bound as well. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, what aspect of the program did you enjoy the most? What was, what was it that really um, hooked you to Upper bound?
2: Um, just seeing that there are, you know, many campuses and, and just the traveling and getting to see where, you know, you don't have to stay here in Clovis and go to school here. You can go and see somewhere else and um, learn about, I guess, um, the different opportunities there are. Because when you don't travel much or you don't know much about the world, pretty much you're like, you're, you're just thinking that this is where you're going to stay forever and this is where you're going to be, which I did right. stay, but that was my choice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: and we'll probably get to this a little bit later, but you've had great experiences and I won't spoil anything, but you've had great experiences um, even after graduation.
2: Yes, I've had to kind of learn, I guess, with my experiences and what, you know, the different choices that I, I did.
1: Yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. So tell us about the most memorable experience with Trio Upperbound. What did you like most about it or what do you remember most about it?
2: Um like I said, our I guess the I guess the help that they gave us to, you know, the a lot of the what I remember is, you know, just the just the opinions, like everything, the choices they, they helped us, you know, how they they talked to us about just, you know, not just the school-wise, but they would give us, you know, how, you know, language arts and skills and different, you know, taking the, I remember the sign language class too, because it was something, you know, that was in the courses. So just having the, the full-on experience, you know, being there and, and actually that was, I think, the most memorable part for me. Of course, yeah. we liked the trips and that was fun oh, yeah. too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the trips
1: are always the best part, right? Or mm-hmm. For for a lot of us, it's it's the best part. Um, and that traveling part of it, I think, I know for um, for, for myself and for some other uh, students, it was uh, getting to experience a world outside of Clovis and getting yeah. to see other cities, right? Um, talk to us about your mentors in high school and Upward Bound, and why were they so influential? So I'm sure you've had a, a variety of mentors, uh, going through high school and through Upper Bound. Can you talk to us about them?
2: Um, just pretty much, you know, my teachers. And I know you were one of them whenever I was in Upper Bound as Aww. well. <laughs> so I really looked up to, you know, you and like Susan Cramp and just all the, the other, Anton. I can't remember all the names now, but, you know, <laughs> from all the ones I had. But just because I stayed there for four years, I was there from ninth grade all the way to my senior year. Yeah. And so, um, I feel, go
1: ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to ask you, and for high school, were, were there any teachers that you really gravitated toward, or... They My should...
2: Spanish teachers, of course. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
2: I mean, we still have good communication now. Like, we still talk. We really? still in contact, yes. Wow. And uh, I feel like when you feel have that bond with someone, mm-hmm. you know, even after so many years, because... You know i am getting older now and,
1: and but i bet they, they, they look at you now and they're, they're like super surprised about like not only are you uh working for clovis municipal schools but you're also a teacher and a special ed teacher you know one of the hardest jobs i think and uh they they're they're admiring everything that you've accomplished
2: yes they're proud and i remember even looking up to my first grade teacher you know And when i came to work here she was still working here as well wow yes just last year she retired Mm -hmm. but um she was you know i even told her you know you're you're the reason i wanted to become a teacher in the first place you know i guess when you're young you kind of have that in your head but you don't really think it's gonna happen yeah so eventually i'm glad it did and you know you just worked towards it
1: absolutely so as you were going through high school were you were there a lot of colleges that you were considering to apply to
2: I didn't want to go like too far away from home maybe because I was used to my bubble and being here and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so for me ENMU was good you know I I wanted to go there from the beginning and so that's where I went and finished all my it took me six years to get it done but I'm just glad I didn't stop you know besides the obstacles that you go through and things happen.
1: Yeah, I think beside the the sciences and the harder sciences that teaching the teaching track is a, uh, a very it takes a long time to complete because it, you're completing a lot of professional development uh, courses. And on top of that, you're learning how to um, develop your own teaching style so I can relate like it took me under the teaching education. It took me about five and a half years to graduate because mm-hmm. I kept switching my major and I finally landed on something and I was, and even in the teaching track, it required all these additional classes. So yeah, it does take a while to graduate, huh?
2: It does. And I, I guess it took me longer because I didn't take summer classes. Like I wanted my summer off, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was pregnant and I had my daughters during college. Oh, both yeah. of them. So that was kind of, you know, it kind of pushed me to, you know, just get your work done and go home and do your responsibilities. Yeah. mm mm-hmm.
1: So a lot of people choose um, faraway colleges. Either they go to Colorado State University from New Mexico, or they go to various other colleges. But for you, you chose e um, Why did you choose that college? Why, why did it fit you so well?
2: Um, I really liked the, um, the environment when I went to go visit, and then just kind of like it feels welcoming, and it's close to home. And to me, that was perfect, and I really liked it. And I really had um, good teachers as well, so I was so happy I went there.
1: Talk to us about your college experience, and what did you enjoy most about it?
2: um probably getting to meet jenny Jenny Flores she's um my favorite, and she's still working there and and I bet a lot of people know her just because she's so amazing.
1: She is influential educator like i kn- I remember taking classes from her and just yeah. like getting my mind blown every single time. so yeah, Jenny Flores is definitely one that sticks out.
2: Yes. And I had um, um, another of my Spanish teachers. Of course, I stayed with Spanish. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> Now you all see for the audience, you see why I turned to Soledad for Spanish expertise? Because she is an expert Spanish speaker.
2: <laughs> it's just, you know, who I am. But but yeah, I Would really you- just meeting new friends and, and, you know, having lasting friendships with people that you meet in the classrooms, too
1: yeah Uh, i think uh soledad uh before we move on to the next question we need to just have you like be the person to revise any spanish pamphlets for (laughs) anybody because again your expertise really just saved me the other day because i was like this doesn't sound right and so it's a whole other story for the audience but uh yeah soledad i can i can really go ahead
2: send them my way (laughs) (laughs) $10 Ten dollars um, an hour? I'm just kidding. I know.
1: Like, you you got to start uh, charging them, cobrándolos for for real.
2: <laughs> no, I don't mind.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. You really saved me the other day. Um, and as far as that college experience, what did you um, get out of it? As far as going into EMU and, and learning uh, the, that college experience, did you get the full college experience, or were there things that you had to miss out on?
2: I think I missed out a lot because I had, a, you know, my daughters to start with. So sure, yeah. I didn't have the whole party stage, which I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> because that probably would have got me into trouble. But, you know, <laughs> sorry.
1: No, 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 no. Paul. I think when when we when we think of the words college, right, uh, people think of parents investing in their child's education or the, the person themselves investing in their education. And I see Eastern very much as... A not very much of a party school, but more focused on academics, Academics. uh, where you have other colleges where they're famous for, right, for being a party school, so uh, it it just sounds like it was a great fit for the the things that you needed, right?
2: I I enjoyed it, and I mean, I think I got the full, you know, just academic-wise, everything was really, really good, and I got to meet different areas you know you have your basics to take so that kind of helps you go into like what do you want to do when you declare your major you know absolutely. because I didn't declare right away oh I want to be a teacher no it yeah. took me you know after two years maybe finishing my my basics that I decided that's what I wanted to be get into education
1: absolutely can you share with the audience a little bit about uh, challenges or any personal accomplishments that you have had while at ENMU?
2: Um, I think just having, you know, good grades, that was a big accomplishment for me, you know, being busy with being a mom of two girls, and then, you know, being a widow early, it was just me and my girls. so I think yeah. just finishing and, and getting my bachelor's, sorry, hello, don't want to get, oh no, yeah,
1: <laughs> and Soledad, you've done an amazing job being a single mom, and he, seeing all that, that you do, Uh, and the way you support your daughters it is exceedingly awesome and it's awe-inspiring like you really do an amazing job with with you and and your girls
2: thank you my oldest she's gonna be pretty soon in high school so i tell you know yeah i talked to her about school I don't tell her oh you know you need to be a wife no you need to go to school and support (laughs) yourself
1: (laughs) that's great I think that's an important messaging for young ladies in our audience or for ladies in general in the audience is right that you can be self-sufficient and that you can uh, be strong and independent and you've definitely shown that
2: thank you yes um you know just pretty much I I tell her you know see for yourself because nobody's gonna see for you but you know you, your own get your own you know career or something that you like and just go for it you know absolutely we
1: everyone we're gonna we're going to take a quick podcast break we'll be back with more with soledad Haragi, graduate of eastern new mexico university Three, two, one. And we are back with Soledad Haragi from Eastern New Mexico University and a Trio Upward Bound alum. Uh, Soledad, so during the break, we were talking about some of the challenges and accomplishments that you've, uh, you've done at Eastern. But now, can you tell us a little bit about what got you into the field of education? What was the major influence that got you into the field in the first place?
2: Um, I think just thinking back to the teachers that I really enjoyed having myself, I thought about, okay, I want to be like them, you know, one day. And that's how, what kind of pushed me to be a teacher and continue. And I really enjoyed working with kids as well. And I thought, okay, what is something am I good at? You know, I'm bilingual and I just thought, you know, I really like having kids and playing with them and, you know, just kind of like teaching them and being somebody you know, influential to them, just how the teachers work to me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of like got me started in, in going to, to teaching and being in, in education.
1: Because, and you must have realized this like maybe a year in or two years into Eastern because not a lot of people have patience with little kids.
2: Um, that's what I've heard (laughs) that a lot of people (laughs) they ask me why are you a teacher you know why did you go into teaching and and to me like I don't mind it and I feel like I do have the patience and you know you know you do see behavior children you do see you know all kinds but you just have to kind of like love on them you know being patient and just comprehend them and and that's when they turn around for you and they work for you and they want to please you and you know they do the part. So, you know, just seeing that kind of motivates me to continue because that makes me happy that I'm doing something right. And, you know, they're getting something out of me. And so that's, that's one of the ones I've, I've taught from elementary, kinder, middle school, and mm-hmm. now I'm in pre-K. Mm-hmm. I think this is the age where I really enjoy having them and just, you know, their little conversations and helping them become, you know, good people not just you know educational wise but also yeah. in their so, whole personality
1: yeah so you're really contributing to their overall like how they how they grow up and how who they get to be and you play a large role in that
2: <clears throat> yeah see i guess when i was in middle school that kind of makes me um, think about you know i'm kind of like being their counselor at the same time, you know, because middle school they start having you know different issues and everything, and so just watching back, you know, to what, how I lived my experience when I was younger, I kind of give them, try to give them, you know, good choices to make. You know, they have, they talk to me about their just because they see me as a friend, and I guess they talk to me about their experiences and you know problems they might be going through family-wise, and and so I just try to support them and be there for them so they can you know they can depend on me and absolutely. I, I feel like that's why I'm very personal with them and you know that's just who I am
1: absolutely so if the field of education has been something where uh, an area of growth for you professionally uh, and you've been with it for how long now
2: this is going to be my eighth year
1: Congratulations. Thank
2: you. It's going by fast. I yeah, (laughs) I don't feel that old yet, but I'm getting there.
1: You don't even look that old at all. You still look like you're just finished graduating from college and you're this is your first year.
2: (laughs) You're too nice. (laughs) But I'll take it. (laughs) Take it, take
1: it, right? Um for for you as you were approaching your senior year in college, um, was Was education something that you were already, like, preparing for an internship for, uh, looking for as a career? And and did you already know where you wanted to work?
2: Um, I wanted to stay in Clovis because this is where I lived and this is where, you know, my family's growing. But um, I had an idea. I wanted to stay in bilingual, so I wanted to teach Spanish to kids and English bilingual and, you know, newcomers coming from Mexico and so that's my passion. I feel like that's where I want to be. I want to help them. And, you know, with me, having my Spanish teachers be so influential with me, that's how I wanted to become with them.
1: Yeah. And uh, just hearing you say that you you help families that have uh, immigrated from Mexico, that you're helping them adjust and, and become um, members of society here as well.
2: Yes. And it's really hard because if you think about it, they don't know anything. They don't yeah. know what to expect, the language barriers that they go through. So,
1: Absolutely. I think that there's still a lot to be work to be done right there, but I'm, I'm glad that you're in the forefront of being able to help families like that um, because they have very little representation and no one really advocates for them. And we have teachers like you who do who do that type of work. And it, it, must, um, it must be heavy.
2: Um well, you know, I don't mind it. So to me, it's not a problem at all. And I enjoy, you know, helping them in whatever I can.
1: Absolutely. So you decided to work for Clovis schools. And that must have been like, really, it must fill you with a lot of pride because you're a product of Clovis municipal schools. Uh, How does it feel to be working for a system that also that you graduated from?
2: Um, I just feel proud that I'm back here where I've, you know, pretty much been my whole life. And and that makes me happy. You know, Clovis Municipal Schools, it's a really good district, and I enjoy being here. They give you a lot of support and, you know, whatever you need. And, and um, so I'm just happy to be here in, in this school as well.
1: Absolutely. You also decided to pursue your master's degree. So you didn't stop at your bachelor's. You also kept going. <clears throat> Talk to us about that experience, and why did you decide to pursue a master's?
2: So I started my master's when I was um, teaching, when I was beginning to teach my first year. Oh, really? Yes, right away. I wanted to kind of like do it and get it done, you know, and because I felt like, okay, I can do this, you know, work and do my master's right now. I knew it was something that was going to be required later. So I thought might as well get it done and and not have to worry so much because I was used to, you know, doing my college classes at ENMU. And so that kind of pushed me to keep that mindset going mm-hmm. where you don't stop for a year and then continue because I thought, you know, it's going to be harder. So that was just my thinking. And, and that's why I went for my master's right now.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. And you, did you th- do that completely online or was that a different experience? Like, did you It was online.
2: It was all online through Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. And Concordia University. So it was one mm-hmm. full year, but it was nonstop. It was... um wow. Yeah, I only had I think two weeks off. One week in wow. December and one week in March and that was about it.
1: Well, right now you're inspiring me because it <laughs> took me 4 years to complete my masters.
2: <laughs> well, and you
1: did it in one. That is amazing.
2: No, but you know, we all do it different at our own pace. <laughs> <week. laughs> True. Better like me forever to get my bachelor so
1: No, but see, t- to to t- kind of put it in perspective for our audience and uh, to we're here in the podcast as well, is you had to take a number of classes. I remember I had to take at least 30 30 credits of master's classes to graduate. I I bet it was between 30 and 40 credits for you as well, right? And that was all nonstop for a year.
2: Um, Yes, it was one class at a time. It was about like four to six weeks each class, I think. And so that kind of let me focus, you know, on what that class was. And it kind of like went through, it was little cohorts as well, where you have kind of like the same people throughout the year.
0: Mm-hmm. So you
2: you meet them online. Mm-hmm. And so um, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. You just have to read a lot, you know, concentrate. And so I didn't have a life for that year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's what graduate school is, like you don't have a life. You kind of no. forfeit having to do anything with anybody. Yeah.
2: yeah. Just work yeah. and study. That's it. But I don't regret it. Now that I look back at it, and, you know, I'm happy I did it that way.
1: That's amazing. So you got your master's degree and your bachelor's degree. Can you tell us about both of them? And how did you feel after graduating with your bachelor's? And how did you feel after getting your master's?
2: So on my bachelor's, I got in education K through 8. And so um, after I graduated, you know, I was happy that I got it done I thought it took me forever just because it was six years long but um you know I didn't stop besides having my obstacles and and um you know I just continued because that was something I wanted to do and finish so after that um I thought okay it wasn't that bad you know I'll continue my master's because I want to have that title as well just something that I I wanted to do so my master's is in curriculum and instruction in the special education room and so it's working with what I do now the whole purpose of my master's is what I'm doing now with you know including both sped and general students together
1: that's amazing teacher teaching has certainly become a passion for you uh were there any other role models or mentors for this field uh, that you're currently in
2: um I just kind of like, I'm always learning, you know, everybody learns as you grow, there's always something new to do, or, or you know, even technology wise, because now that, you know, everybody requires tests, everybody, um, but, you know, just learning through even, you know, fellow teachers that I work with as well. Absolutely. So just, everybody kind of like puts their little, you know, part into I guess, my life. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. As you reflect on your career, what experiences have you enjoyed the most? And I think this is the part where we can talk about your travel experiences and things that you got to experience outside of New Mexico.
2: Right. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) having my going to where I'm trying to think, Boston with the work bound, Washington, D.C. Um, You know, just seeing the universities, how they live, you know, the campuses, and just like even the fun parts, you know, going outside of New Mexico. I I wasn't one to travel much, I guess. So I really took those experiences to heart and wanted to to continue, you know, maybe one day I'm going to travel more or, you know, even show my daughters, you know, this. I I even have my daughter in, in TRIO she's yeah. in trio right now um to help her you know that guiding and that support yeah is that your son back yeah, there? yeah that's my son in the background
1: <laughs> he likes to like make cameos every single hour and he doesn't like to dress at all Do <laughs> you, you want to say hi hi
2: <laughs> Hi.
1: he's barely i think he's like just now he's
2: waking up <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey buddy, what are you doing i'm in the middle of an interview I will. I'm going to give you money. Just give me a second. He's uh, saving up money for uh, for Lego pieces and he wants to buy an ice cream truck Lego piece. So
2: uh, chores
1: like nonstop to try to get money. He likes
2: to build things, man. He does <laughs> love to build things.
1: Sorry, where were we? <laughs>
2: um, you were talking no, about I'm your traveling left. experiences. Yes.
1: And so I, just a quick follow-up. So in some of your social media platforms, you've shared... Uh, how you've traveled even outside of the United States. Can you talk to us about that?
2: Um, So two years ago, I actually went to Europe. Oh, wow. Yes. I went and I visited Spain. That was something I wanted to do also. Like, I never thought, okay, one day I'm going to do it. But you can, you know, once you put your mind to something, that's something that I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I went with part of Eastern. Um, It was an Eastern um, class that went. Mm -hmm. So I kind of included myself. (laughs) To go over there. And so just visited Spain, Rome, France, and um, Jerusalem. Mm -hmm.
1: And, And uh, And what did you enjoy most about the trip? Like, what did you get out of it? Or what did you like?
2: Well, actually seeing all the history behind it, you know, everything that you read in books you're actually seeing it in person and Mm. I was like okay so this is you kind of relate to your history class your your high school your college experiences you're watching especially me that I took a lot of Spanish classes you know a lot of the books are based in Spain so the history what you read about it it's what's going on over there yeah so just being you know going and learning about all that in person was actually exciting that's amazing. Um
1: and as now you're reflecting on your career and your experiences, um as you look a bit back on everything, what did you what are you enjoying the most and what are you learning about yourself?
2: Um that I like to travel. I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the travel part is amazing.
2: Yeah, and saving up for it too, right? And mm, so That's um,
1: the hard yeah, that's the harder <laughs> part. <laughs> I know for me, saving up is harder.
2: Well, you know, just, um, I kind of like, just the whole experiences with all my career, with having, you know, the kinder, the uh, middle school, I wanted to see that experience, get that experience in, mm-hmm. and um, just enjoying what I really love, which is pre-K, yeah, last year was my first year in pre-K, and, you know, it's just something I enjoy having the little ones, and I feel like I'm more motherly kind, so for me, that makes sense. Just, you know, even though, yes, I have to, you know, tie their shoes and be more of a mama kind to them.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So what's next for you, Soledad? What's what's after, you know, this career? You know, you have it established, but is there something else that you're looking forward to? Things that you see yourself doing in the next five years?
2: Actually, I've always wanted to kind of pick up on cosmetology, learn how to, you know, cut hair. So that's something that I want to add on like maybe the summer's breaks that I get um, because it's something I wanted to do from high school as well but I never got it because I got to you know I wanted teaching more than that Mm -hmm. and so now that I am a teacher and I've already kind of settled into what I'm doing I think I want to pick up on that extra you know hobby for now.
1: Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. Like picking up an extra skill or picking up a hobby that you really enjoy doing and then expanding on that. That would be, that's, that's awesome.
2: Yes. That's my plan. We'll see.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Looking. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh,
2: No, I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And now I feel bad because I feel like I interrupted your train of thought. Um. Now, now I'm like thinking how we're gonna to transition to this question. Um, so looking at, <laughs> looking at your college experience, what would be some of the words of wisdom that you would share with uh, first-generation students? If you had a first-generation student in front of you and they were like thinking about going to college or even thinking about the college experience, what would you say to them?
2: Um, that it's really good and fun and exciting for them to continue to work for their dreams, you know, what they really wanna pursue. Whatever makes them happy and, you know, if that includes a four-year or two-year college, and I'm um, just that it's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it, definitely.
1: Awesome, I like that advice. Are there any trio staff members, either through the upper bound program or through other upper, uh, other programs, that you would like to recognize?
2: Um. Well, you for one, Juan Rivas. Oh,
1: thanks, Soledad. Aw.
2: I remember like really deeply Susan Cramp as well. She's she's very good. Susan. And, you know, Amazing, huh? Yeah, Susan. There's more, but I just can't remember all their names.
1: Yeah. And what would you like to say to TRIO professionals all over the nation? What would you like to say to them?
2: You no, know, just thank you. Thank you for um, inspiring you know, all the students and us and me included when we were going through high school and the TRIO experiences. You know, it really helped change to who we are, who we become, because I feel that's what happened to me, and so.
1: Absolutely. And I'm gonna add one more question in there that I didn't get to write down, but it won't put you on the spot, I promise. Uh, <laughs> how about, what would you say to TRIO students that are going through the upper bound program or through other TRIO bound, uh, not other upper bound programs, but even TRIO programs that are outside of Eastern? Yeah. What would you say to them?
2: Um, to just really stick to it and get everything they can learn from them. You know, um, they are the experts for a reason too. And then just to kind of like continue in whatever, you know, college they they see, they learn, they go through. So um, just to get the whole experience in and really grasp, you know, what's their future going to be like? What's it going to look like and what do they want to do? Absolutely.
1: Soledad, that is great advice. And as we wrap up the podcast, I just want to say, Soledad, it's been a pleasure and an honor to have you on the podcast. I love laughing with you. I love enjoying the talk with you. We need to catch up soon, even if it's not on the podcast or just continue chatting. Um, Can you do us the huge honor uh, of signing off?
2: Okay. So, hi, this is Soledad Jauregui and I'm a Tria Upward Bound alumni of Eastern New Mexico University. I hold a bachelor's degree in elementary education from ENMU and a master's in curriculum and instruction from Concordia University. I serve as a teacher for Clovis Municipal Schools, TRIO Works.
1: Soledad, that is an amazing sign off. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
2: Thank you, Juan. Bye.
0: Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk TRIO. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk TRIO. We want to get your story to the public.
1: What a great interview with Soledad Haragi, graduate of Clovis High School, alum of the TRIO Upper Ground Program, an alum of Eastern New Mexico University, and alum of Concordia University. Soledad, it was a pleasure to have you, and you are an excellent example of TRIO alum. Thank you for being on the podcast. I would like to take a moment just to remind our audience that you too can be on the podcast. If you're a TRIO alum, a participant, or a staff member or former staff member, we would love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us by going to our social media, either Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Send us a direct message. Let us know that you are interested in being in the podcast. Otherwise, you can email me at letstalktrio, L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O, at gmail.com. I'd like to take a second to thank our podcast sponsors for today's episode, Student Access, and... Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. Remember, you too can be a sponsor of the podcast. You can contribute to our Kickstarter campaign, a one-time donation of any dollar amount. A $5 or more will get you a Let's Talk Trio decal. We are trying to get to $40,000 for to fully fund our podcast. So any dollar amount really helps us out. And this campaign is an all-or-nothing campaign, so the more people know about this campaign and the more they can contribute, the better for our podcast. Or you can head over to Patreon and become a monthly Patreon to the podcast. Donate a dollar or more. Uh, we do have corporate-level sponsorships at $100. So for corporate sponsors, you can sponsor us for $100 a month, and we will run your ad a minute and 30 seconds for every episode we publish in the month that you're a sponsor. I want to take a second to also thank our podcast team, John Russell, our editor, music producer, and audio engineer. Amelia Castaneda, our producer, marketing manager, and social media manager. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. Honorary members of Let's Talk Trio include Roger Chambers, Scott Kendall, and Tony Ho. Again, we thank you all so much for all the support, for all the encouraging words, and everything that, all the positive vibes you've all been sending to the podcast. So we thank you so much, and we will catch you on the next episode.